Hello and welcome to the Witch Shorts podcast. I'm Rob Lilly. Now, a regular reminder from me to rate and review our episodes wherever you're listening. And a big thank you to every one of you who's been getting in touch by email. A reminder that you can do that on podcasts at witch.co.uk. Now, they include Paul. He's been getting in touch about our recent AI episode. Uh, He said, just wanted to thank you for providing such an informative article I was completely fooled into thinking it was a real person speaking. I have no issue with the podcast being delivered by AI, as it was so clear and easy to understand. And then Paul goes on to say, it does remind me of Terminator, where a robot impersonated voices, not for good. And that, of course, is the overall concern regarding AI. However, it's just a progression of the computer age into unknown territory. Well, thank you, Paul, and thank you to everyone else who's been getting in touch with us over the last few weeks. Now, this week, we're hearing the disturbing stories of innocent witch members who have found themselves the victims of insurance fraud. To read us this article, originally written by Dean Sobers, I'll hand you over to the host of the Witch Money podcast, Lucia Ariano. Last summer, witch member Lorraine Davies received the type of call no one wants from their car insurer. Another driver was making a claim against her following an alleged incident in a Hampshire car park. Lorraine was accused of scraping the passenger side door of a silver Lexus, but says she didn't see a silver Lexus in the almost empty car park. She recalls temporarily parking beside a white BMW, which she noticed had damaged doors on its driver's side but she's emphatic she didn't cause this and moved elsewhere in the car park so as to not be falsely accused. Her insurer, Tesco Bank, initially disputed the claim, asking LV, the other driver's insurer, for further evidence and assigning an engineer to inspect Lorraine's car. A few bumps and scrapes were noticed on her 10-year-old Ford. Some damage on its left wing was approximately the same height as that sustained by the claimant's Lexus. LV also found a witness, an employee in a nearby shop who'd viewed CCTV footage of the incident and wrote that her car had damaged the Lexus, but it was hardly a slam dunk. The witness's brief statement was collected two months after the incident, by which time the CCTV footage had been lost. And it seems little effort was made to check major differences between their description and Lorraine's account. She's adamant she wasn't involved in a collision and was disappointed to learn that Tesco had settled on her behalf, paying £1,214 without informing her. The fault claim may hike her premiums for up to five years. We haven't seen clear evidence that any party was dishonest in her case, but Lorraine is far from alone in being dissatisfied with the lack of support available when potentially inaccurate claims are made. When we asked 111 witch members who had reported being affected by insurance fraud in the past five years about their experience, one in 10 gave accounts of claims made against them for incidents they deny any involvement in, with several deeply frustrated at how little pushback their insurer gave. I was and still am furious, remarked one. Here we look at which kinds of frauds you're most likely to be affected by, whether insurers are doing enough to protect you and what you can do to protect yourself. According to the Insurance Fraud Enforcement Department of the City of London Police, numbers of opportunistic insurance fraud cases have risen by 61% since last year. 
Opportunistic fraud is defined as occurring when somebody spots a chance in their everyday life to exaggerate a claim for financial gain or provide false information when applying for insurance. The spike has been attributed to the cost of living crisis. A survey carried out in June by the Insurance Fraud Bureau, the insurance industry's fraud watchdog, found that one in 10 people said they would consider making a fraudulent insurance application or claim if they were struggling financially. Part of the temptation can be the impression that it's a victimless crime, with only the insurer losing out. But insurers' losses are ultimately passed on to the customers in their premiums. Car insurance claims fraud is the most common type, accounting for 577 million of the 1.1 billion lost to claims fraud overall in 2021, according to the Insurance Trade Body of the Association of British Insurers. Crash for cash scams, where fraudsters intentionally cause collisions to profit from insurance payouts, are the most notorious, with the potential to cause physical harm. Some 14% of fraud victims we heard from believe they'd been targeted in such accidents. But new variations of the theme are emerging. Admiral told us it recently investigated nearly 20 wing mirror scams, all involving the same circumstances. Fraudsters throw an object at a passing car to make an impact sound, then pursue the driver claiming they've clipped their wing mirror, which was already damaged, demanding cash at the scene or initiating a claim. Bogus or exaggerated car insurance claims are distinct in that they often involve allegations levelled at other customers, making the consequences more personal than other claims fraud. We put to Tesco Bank that in Lorraine's case, its lack of challenge to the allegations against her, if typical, could potentially incentivise fraud. Tesco said, We've carried out a further review of the case and based on the evidence provided, believe that no fraud has occurred and our decision to settle on behalf of Mrs Davies was the correct one. LV said of the case that it takes insurance fraud very seriously and obtains as much evidence as possible. The evidence supporting claims can be even less concrete in some cases. In May 2019, Bill Gardiner, an Admiral customer, was notified that his Volkswagen Caddy had, some weeks earlier, hit another car. The third party supplied photos showing the Caddy parked on a street, its front bumper in contact with the other car's damaged rear. After a 16-month exchange, Admiral paid the £1,100 claim. Its lawyers explaining that the images would probably sway a judge in favour of the claimant if the matter went to court. This was despite significant room for doubt of the evidence. The pictures themselves don't show if a collision actually happened, or if so, how. In fact, an independent engineer's report commissioned by Admiral concluded that the claimant's damage wasn't consistent from contact with the caddy. The claimant said they'd spoken with the driver and while they hadn't described them, Bill was named in the court claim form. But Bill tells us and told Admiral he wasn't present. His daughter had been using the car that day with a passenger, neither of whom were mentioned. However, Bill's name could have been found using an online search of the car's registration. His daughter categorically denied the event and meeting the claimant. Admiral told us it's genuinely sorry that Mr Gardiner and his daughter were unhappy, commenting, it's not in our interest to just settle a claim that is possibly fraudulent and we will challenge where possible. It explained fraud is a serious allegation and difficult to prove, with courts not quick to make such findings which can lead to criminal investigations, contempt of court proceedings and ultimately fines or imprisonment. 
It added that had this case gone to trial, it's entirely possible that it would have been unsuccessful, with the additional costs in turn affecting future premiums. Bill and his daughter, as well as Lorraine and her husband, Robin, are adamant the claims made against them were false and in both instances wanted them to go to court. Lorraine and Robin have now complained to the Financial Ombudsman Service. After which contacted Admiral, it formally apologised to Bill for not clarifying details of the claimant's allegations after telling him it would. While disappointed with Tesco's decision to settle the claim, Lorraine and Robin are more annoyed they weren't given any advance warning. Had this happened, they'd have offered to take the case to court themselves, accepting any costs if they didn't win. Tesco has acknowledged that more detailed investigations and communications during the claims process could have taken place, although it asserts that these wouldn't have changed the outcome. It offered Lorraine £100 as a gesture of goodwill, which she declined. So are insurers doing enough? According to the Association of British Insurers, or ABI, a sustained crackdown on insurance fraud led to a 5% fall in fraudulent claims detected in 2021, its most recent published statistics. These efforts included extensive collaboration between insurers and law enforcement to detect fraud, plus consumer awareness campaigns. A raft of legal reforms enacted in 2021 designed to make spurious personal injury claims less profitable also seem to have had an effect. The ABI will soon release data for 2022. However, more recent figures from the likes of the IFB, IFED, CFAS and insurers suggest the financial downturn is putting various kinds of insurance fraud back on the rise. When it comes to how well customers are protected against fake allegations, cases we've seen suggest that if the claim made against you is relatively low value, the insurer has to weigh the costs of thoroughly investigating and defending you versus what may be the cheaper and more expedient choice to settle. When we asked the Financial Ombudsman Service about such kinds of claim, it told us, we expect all insurers to carefully review the circumstances of a claim, including who is at fault, before agreeing to settle. Those checks would normally involve testimonies from both parties, vehicle assessments, eyewitness reports and video footage. We're concerned that in some cases this isn't done rigorously enough, leaving the policyholder facing higher premiums while opportunists feel emboldened to try their tactics again. Thank you so much to Lucia and to Dean Sobers for his piece originally written for the September issue of Which Money magazine. Remember, you can find more articles you'll find useful every day on everything from money and technology to home and garden advice by signing up to one of our many free email newsletters. And you can do that at which.co.uk forward slash newsletters. We'll be back next week for another episode of Which Shorts. And thanks for listening. Which Shorts was produced by me, Rob Lilly, while the exec producer was Angus Farker.